you leave tonight, and we will have that in the uh, projection on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And uh, if you would at least fill that out so that we can have that. Amen to God. Take your Bibles and st stand with me for the reading of the word. In John chapter 3, I'm going to a familiar passage of scripture. John chapter 3, verses 3 through verse 8. <clears throat> well, praise God. Praise God. John chapter 3 and verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water, and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth. Thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. One verse in Matthew chapter 23 and verse 26. Amen. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean. Also, I want to preach tonight when something changes on the inside. Amen. Who's going to help me preach tonight? Praise God. I pray that you do. And uh, let's ask God's help. Father, we thank you for the blessing of God. Speak into our lives and help us to receive of you what you have for us we give you praise in jesus name everybody said amen you may be seated <clears throat> it's you must be born again you must be born again you can't escape it you know that it is what jesus said it was a it was a conversation that is recorded by John of a man and Jesus, a man named Nicodemus, who was a ruler of the Jews. He was of the Pharisees, and he came to Jesus. The Bible tells us that he came by night. <clears throat> now, I don't, I don't know. We've speculated without the Bible really saying, to my knowledge, why he came by night. But he came by night, and he came to Jesus, and he said, Rabbi, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. <clears throat> Almost as if it's 
when, when you read it, it's almost as if Jesus ignored everything he said. And he just decided to make a statement, a statement that has rang through the centuries, something that if you follow the ministry of Jesus, it don't take long to hear. You must be born again. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This particular this particular encounter that Jesus had with Nicodemus and the statement that Jesus made led to questions that Nicodemus had. How can a man be born when he is old? He reasoned. Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? He could not comprehend how such a thing could be. How often it is that people hear the message of Jesus and they don't comprehend, they don't grasp the truth of what Jesus was telling them. And so even today, it is the same challenge often when people hear the message that Jesus wants to be, the gospel of the kingdom when it is preached Many times it is not grasped. They may think I have obeyed or I have done so. But I want you to know when when you're born again, there's something that happens. There's a change that is made. Jesus, in response to this man's query, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. And that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not. Don't be surprised. Don't be so amazed that I said unto thee, you must be born again. He goes on to say, the wind blows where it listeth or it wishes. It desires wherever it chooses. And thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell whence it cometh and where it's going. And so is every one that is born of the Spirit. The Bible lets us know that the the conversation continues and Nicodemus is saying, how can these things be? And Jesus proceeded to talk to him and he came to what is the most familiar verse in all the scripture. John 3, 16, it's still in this discourse with Nicodemus, the same man he just told, you must be born again of water and spirit. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. The Bible lets us know in Hebrews 10 and 39, we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Believing, it's never believing alone and by itself, but believing 
requires action. James chapter 2, the writer said in verse 20 through 24, But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works? And by faith and by works was faith made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled which saith Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. We're saved by faith and not by works. Amen. You understand. But listen to this. You understand that faith is shown by works. Amen. Faith without works is dead being alone. We're saved by grace and not by works, I should say. It's it's the grace of God that saves us. But listen to what Jesus says when you put all this together and you begin to realize that there's something that must happen to me. I must be born again of water and spirit. I read to you from the book of John chapter 7. And I read further something that you're familiar with. No doubt most of you are tonight. In the last day, John seven thirty seven, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying tonight? Amen. There was something that happened when they believed. The scripture says the same Jesus that spoke those words in John 7. He said to Nicodemus in John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So many will tell you that I have believed and therefore I'm saved. But it's believe plus nothing, minus nothing. It's simply gen, uh, mental gymnastics to them. But oh friend, I believe there's something more. And that's why I take you to John 7 when Jesus said he that believeth on me as the scripture has said out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water and I like the King James version that says in verse 39 it is in parentheses it is an explanation it recognizes that it turns from red letters to black letters again this is the explanation by 
John as to what Jesus was just talking about. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. When was Jesus glorified? He was glorified, my friend, when he died and when he was buried and he was resurrected and finally ascended. It was after that that the Holy Ghost was given on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 as a direct fulfillment of what Jesus was talking about, that when you believe on him, there's something that's going to happen. Oh, I'm glad to know that it's still working for us today. It's something that will happen. It's something that'll change you. It's something that'll transform you. I believe in the power changing Holy Ghost power that'll change your life. Amen. It's not something that you put on. It's not something that you just go and and, uh, somebody else gives it to you. Friend, it's something you receive, amen, from the Lord. It is something that happens. And I believe when you do, you're going to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. I said as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. We live in a day today when many people want it, but they don't want to come the Bible way. They want it, but they don't want to do it the Bible way. They want to receive it, but they don't receive it the way the Bible says. Amen. I want you to know when you speak with other tongues, the Bible says it is as the Spirit gave them utterance. I said, as the Spirit gave them utterance in Acts 2 and 4, it's when the Holy Ghost came, they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It's not something that you're going to go to a special class and somebody's going to teach you how to speak with tongues. Oh no friend that's not of God. That's of the flesh. But I've got news for you. When you get the Holy Ghost you're not going to need anybody to teach you how. You won't have to have anybody that'll show you how. Oh but it's going to happen to you. It will happen. I've come to tell somebody you will receive the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. Somebody will clap your hands to the Lord. My wife has seen a deaf person that could only speak with sign language. They could not hear. They could not speak uh, uh, coherently because they didn't know what it sounded like. Uh, Amen. So they depended upon sign language. uh, But they understood, I need the Holy Ghost. Uh, And God filled them with the Holy Ghost. And when they were filled with the Holy Ghost, they spoke fluently in other tongues. Uh, Praise God. Uh, It's what God can do. It's because it's the Holy Ghost. Uh, Amen. And it's a very real thing. Uh, It's a very genuine thing. 
thing. But when it happens, there's something that's real on the inside. Amen. Thou blind Pharisee, Jesus told them that day in Matthew 23. He gave them uh, he gave them this uh, this pattern. He gave them this example. He gave them this instruction. He said, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter that the outside of them may be clean also. I want you to know when you get the Holy Ghost, there's a change that takes place on the inside. There's not enough rules that I can make or any church or any pastor or any church board or any Sunday school teacher. There's not enough people in the world that can make enough changes in rules to try to make you transform. You cannot, many, the world tries to reform you, but God is the one that transforms you from within. It's a renewing. There's something that comes on the inside. You can say you have been born again. You're a brand new creation. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. Amen. When you get the Holy Ghost, there's a change that comes into your life. When you get the Holy Ghost, there's a change that comes in the way you think. I'm not taken away from the fact that there are those that are going to struggle and we all struggle with our flesh. We all battle ourselves. Amen. But I've come to tell you that the Lord says, look, I'll clean up the heart. I will clean up the inside. I will make that transformation. If someone isn't clean on the inside, I don't care what man does. If he tries to clean up the outside, all he can do is just make a hypocrite out of them. Let me tell you what happens when you clean up the outside of somebody without first cleaning up the inside. They start walking around with the measuring stick and they measure everybody that don't line up to what the rule is or, or what the preacher says. Oh, hear me now. But when you're clean on the inside and you begin to love like you ought to love, you're there to encourage those who are weak. You're there to encourage them and to help them live right and to help them because when you're truly born again, you're changed. Amen. The Bible says, Jesus said, thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first. The first message you need to hear is, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Acts chapter 19. When you read that encounter that Paul had with those disciples at Ephesus, the Bible tells us that they had something, but it was wasn't enough. Amen. How then were you baptized? We were baptized unto John's baptism. And when they heard that, he told them about baptism in the name of Jesus. And they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then laid he there his hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost and they spake with tongues and prophesied. I'm preaching tonight that we need to be cleansed on the inside. There's a change that's going to happen to us. 
Don't be discouraged by the world. Our world is messed up. Don't be discouraged by the world and what, what they, uh, the way they think and the way they act. Let me just talk for a little bit. Let me just uh, uh, share with you some things as pastor to you. And it's not original with me. Uh, Amen. I'm sharing something. It actually was an article by a a secular writer. And and, uh, I found it interesting. And and I'm going to talk a little bit about marriage for a moment. As a matter of fact, I'm going to talk about men being married. Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, women uh, uh, being married. I'm going to talk about that. And and uh, and when I do, if that's not uh, y- y- your cup of tea and you're not interested, that's all right. You just stay with me and amen me anyway. Amen. But uh, I'm not I'm not here saying that everybody has to marry. I'm saying if you want to live right, uh, there is a right way. Amen. To go about it. Somebody say amen. Don't don't you back down on me now. I'm still here and I'm going to keep preaching and uh, I know how to make my own thunder if I have to. So you just stay with me. Praise God. Amen. This was an article actually from 2015. I'd saved it a long time ago and come across it recently and was reading it and it's just kind of one of those things that keeps popping up and I keep looking at it and and, uh, it, it was titled simply this, Where Have All the Husbands Gone? Oh, now, I really got your attention there, and uh, uh, at least I think I do. You're quiet. Don't go to sleep on me. Praise God. Um, but uh, this writer was uh, writing and, and uh, made reference to a, 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 uh, uh, to a study that was done in, in, uh, in Britain. A study that was br- uh, done in Britain, and, and uh, someone named Peter Lloyd had tackled uh, it in a series and and uh, talking about Britain's marriage rate, uh, which was at its lowest level since 1895. And uh, this is 19, or rather 2015, uh, that this has been written. He said, he said, the state of matrimony is not just ailing. It is dying out faster than a mobile phone battery. Lloyd writes, for an army of women, Mr. Wright is simply not there, no matter how hard they look for him. Now, I tell you, I'm a preacher. I preach godliness, holiness, separation. I preach living right. And I'm reading a secular article, and as I begin to read further, it began to catch my attention. I thought, is this the kind of thinking this person has? Maybe I ought to just save this article for some day. Well, I have saved it. I guess it's eight years later, and I'm still got it, but this is the first time that I am making reference to it. He said, things are no better on this side of the Atlantic. According to Pew Research Center, the share of American adults who've never been married is at an historic high. And men are more likely than women to have never made it down the aisle. 23%. That was in 2015 versus 17% in 2012. There was a time when wives respected their husband. I won't read all of this, but allow me to skip through and, 
and uh, highlight some of this. What gives? Why are men here and abroad avoiding the altar so much? Number one, because they can. I hope I'm keeping this as PG rated as possible. Because they can. Men used to marry to have sex and a family. They married for love too. But they had to marry the girl before taking her to bed. He writes, those days are gone. When more women make themselves sexually available... The pool of marriageable men diminishes. In a world where women do not say no, the man is never forced to settle down and make serious choices, writes George Gilder, author of Men in Marriage. Number two, because there's nothing in it for them, What exactly does marriage offer men today? Men know there's a good chance they'll lose their friends, their respect, their space, their sex life, their money, and if it all goes wrong, their family. That's from Helen Smith, author of Men on Strike. They don't want to enter into a legal contract with someone who could effectively take half their savings, pension, and property when the honeymoon period is over. Men aren't wimping out by staying unmarried or being commitment phobes. They're being smart. Unlike women, men lose all power after they say, I do. Their masculinity dies too. Now, you may not agree with everything here, but hear me out. This is what's being said by this secular writer. What's left of it, that is, she said, their masculinity dies too. What's left of it, that is, it in the span of just a few decades, America has demoted men from being respected providers and protectors of the family to superfluous buffoons. Today's sitcoms and commercials routinely paint a portrait of the idiot husband whose wife is smarter and more capable than he. After I had read that comment, I sat with my wife looking at something recently, and there was a commercial thing that popped up, and it was the very fulfillment of what that was. The woman was smart, intelligent, had the answers for the kids in the house, and the husband's like, ugh. Like there's something, I don't know what to do. And I'm thinking, that is painting a picture that men are buffoons. And we sit there and laugh and applaud and say, yay, that's really good. I'm telling you, it's not good. Is somebody with me tonight? Uh, I'm just preaching some old-fashioned stuff that I used to grow up on around here. Uh, Amen. I'm just telling you again, uh, friend, uh, if you want to live right, you need to make up your mind. Uh, I'm going to be right uh, in my decisions. I'm going to be right in my choices. Uh, I'm. Oh, come on, somebody. Uh, Listen to me, young people. I'll spare you a lot of trouble in your life. Uh, If you listen to this preacher right now, you don't 
folks lay down with a man until you're married and got a ring on your hand and a marriage license and somebody says, I do. You don't go and let them just do anything to you. You ought to make up your mind. I'm going to live right. I'm clean on the inside and the Lord's going to keep me in my life right. Somebody say amen. In the men's prayer room a while ago, we, uh, a few moments before we brought the closing prayer, to, before we came up, uh, I said, I want all of us, at least we don't have much time, but at least two or three guys uh, pray with some of them. Uh, uh, pick two or three out and just go pray for one another, and, and then we'll gather in a group and we'll pray before we go up. And so uh, they were praying with one another, and I looked around and I saw young men, uh, young men that could be anywhere but a Pentecostal church on a Sunday night. Uh, you'd rather be at uh, home watching a ball game on TV. Uh, oh, hear me now. I'm telling you, uh, make up your mind. You're going to live right. Uh, amen. Uh, God's going to bless you. God's going to honor you. Uh, God's going to keep you. Uh, get you all. Oh, the world will try to sell you things. I feel like I ought to tell you uh, the world will use your phone. It'll use your laptop. It'll use every, uh, and Instance of internet access that you've got to, to drop those little pictures in there to try to distract you and get you involved in watching porno no matter how extreme it may be it's trying I'm preaching to you tonight when you got your mind made up you'll say somebody help me I want to be right help me get a get a tracker on here give me a, an accountability partner I want to know that somebody's looking over my shoulder. I want to do right. I feel like preaching this tonight because it's in Pentecostal churches as much as it's in Catholic churches and Baptist churches and Methodist church and those who don't go to church. Just because you say you go to church don't mean that you're going to escape the temptation to do wrong. But when you're born again of water and spirit, you have been cleansed on the inside and you want to live right somebody say amen hallelujah hallelujah oh there's a settling down more point that comes a lot of times it's the woman that wakes up and she says i want to settle down i want to have children I want to have children, and so often and this article brings it out, and I'm not reading it now, but the, the, the article brings out, says, and usually the one that they turn to is the one they're sleeping with at the time, says, hey, would you be my husband, and let's have a baby, and let's make a family. They, get, they want to settle down all of a sudden, and a lot of times he's not ready, and so what do they do? They go find them somebody else that'll fulfill that for them and, and, uh, and want to settle down. I'm telling you, that's the world we're living in. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, that's where we're living. Come on now, that's where we're living. I'm telling you folks, I feel like preaching tonight. I preached this morning about the heart of a shepherd. I feel the heart of a shepherd right now. I feel like I'm looking at the sheep and I need to protect you. I need to help you. Amen. I need to preach it. I'm not here to try to soft pedal and to pat you on the back and say everything's going to be all right. I'm telling you sometimes you got to stand up and plant your feet and say I'm going to live right. 
I'm going to walk right. I'm going to go to prayer. I'm going to seek the Lord. I'm going to do everything I need to do because I want to be the right one. I want to be the right one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, friend, let me talk to the parents for a moment. You've got children in your home. Let me talk to you. I believe that if you've got children in your home that are growing up and they're being shaped and they need to come and talk to you, can't you turn off whatever it is you're watching at the time long enough to visit with them and give them your full attention and let them know you're behind them. You're there to support them. You're there to lift them up. My God, I'm preaching to you. We don't need to raise up a generation in the church that don't know how to get a hold of God. I thank God for this young people that was up here today. Thank God for Chloe that was anointed when she was singing. Thank God for Elijah that was playing under the Holy Ghost tonight. Thank God for that selection of songs. Thank God for these others who were up here. Thank God for Hannah. Thank God for Jeff. Thank God for for our drummer. Thank God for Noah. Thank God for, for Travin. Amen. Thank God for these who are on the drums and the bass. I thank God that we've got people that want to live for God. They want to serve the Lord. It's not just being in a band. Oh, if you want to get up here, if you aspire to be a singer, then get on the front row. Get in there and say, I'm going to serve God. Get up front. Amen. And get to a place where you say, I'm going to be an example. I'm going to live for God. I'm not going to be one thing out there and another thing in here. I'm going to live for God here and I'm going to live for God out there. I'm going to do everything. Why? How can I do that? Because I have been changed. The old timers used to sing the song, I've been changed. I've been newborn now. All my life, I've been redeemed. What a difference it made when the Lord came and saved. Amen. Is anybody hearing me? I don't even know I'm saying the words right. I'm not. My wife said, no, you're not. But it sounded good to me. Hallelujah. Because I've been changed. I remember that much. I got that much right. I've been changed. If you've been changed, turn to your neighbor and say, I've been changed. Hallelujah. I've been changed. I've been changed. I've been changed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you're truly born again, you're changed. Hallelujah. When you're truly born again, you've been changed. I'm not just meddling. I'm not just, I'm just, I'm not just shooting shotgun tonight. I'm preaching something I believe that sometimes we need to hear. Because the world wants us to conform to their way of thinking. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to love everybody that walks in those doors. I'm going to love them. I'm going to preach. I'm going to teach. I'm going to embrace them. I'm going to love them. I'm going to help them. But more and more, we're seeing things we never used to see. We see things we used to not see. We see... We've got people that come, and they'll come for a long time. Here, here one time, months ago, months ago, got a phone call said, Pastor, I'd like to get married. Would you marry us? I suppose, you know, I, I, I know I said, well, sure. But I guess she sensed the surprise. She said, you thought we was married. 
I said, yeah, I sure did. All these years, I thought she was married. No, she said, but I want to get married now. And you know what? They got it right. And I helped them. And I said, you don't owe me a penny because I'm glad to do it. Hey, man, I want to help you get right. I believe it. I believe it's right to live right. It's good to live for Jesus. It's good to make up your mind you're going to do the right thing. But more and more we see more of that. And that doesn't mean that you're condoning that lifestyle. What you're doing is you're loving them where they're at. But when Jesus gets a hold of your heart, he'll change you. He'll change you. I remember years ago, uh, I forget the brother in Arkansas. I heard this years ago. He said they came in and uh, God filled them with the Holy Ghost. And they, you know, a couple weeks later. You mean God filled them with the Holy Ghost? God filled them with the Holy Ghost. They came and said, We've, we, we need to get married. You think that's a good idea? He says, I sure do. <laughs> and so they got married after church. Amen. They made arrangements and got married. Praise God. God can do it. I'm telling you, God will change your life. He'll change your life. But it happens on the inside. It's not something a preacher saying, you got to do it this way and I'm going to make sure you do it. No, my friend. What I'm telling you, if you're born again, if you've repented, you've been baptized in Jesus' name and God fills you with the Holy Ghost, expect to be changed. It's going to change your life. It's going to change the way you think. It's going to change the way you feel. It's going to change the way you look at others. It's going to change the way life is. Because you've been changed on the inside. When something changes on the inside. Nicodemus, you must be born again. Jesus said it. He said, cleanse first that which is on the inside. He said, cleanse first that which is on the inside. That the outside may also be cleansed. You will not hear me preaching holiness to people. I don't believe in enforcing anything. I can't do that. But I can tell you this. If you haven't received the Holy Ghost, that's the first message. You need the Holy Ghost. You need to be born again. Water and spirit is baptism in water. Spirit is receiving the Holy Ghost. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? How many remembers when you got the Holy Ghost the first time? Do you remember what happened to you and how it transformed you and how it made the difference? What a difference it made. What a difference it made. My Lord. Sometimes when I preach like this, I go home and I have to tell myself, look in the mirror and say, I still believe it. I remember hearing my pastor when he was up in years. Things that he had preached all his life. Things he had preached for many years. I heard him preach and he said, I feel like there's a thousand devils screaming in my ear trying to shut him up. And I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, 
What's he feeling? What's going on? Until as a pastor, I can tell you, the pressures of this world always likes to soften the pulpit and silence it. Make it easy. Just make it presentable. Let it be the music. Let it be the programs. Let it be that that will grow the church. Folks, the thing that's going to grow the church is when people are born again of water and spirit. That's what's going to change and transform lives. I love walking down the street in a small community and seeing people that this church has touched their lives and changed them. Something has happened. I look and I say, man, there's a change that's been made. There's a change that's been made. That's what I'm talking about because when it happens on the inside, it'll keep you. Hallelujah. Would you just bow your head right now? I wonder if you'd just lift your hand and you'd say, Pastor, just keep me in prayer because I want to do the right thing. Would you do that? God bless y'all. So many of you. So many of you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Praise God. Oh God, I come to you right now. I have said things, Lord, and I know there's things that can seem harsh. But Lord, I want to preach the truth to the saving of our souls. And this world has so messed with the minds and the hearts of so many. And I'm praying for them that you would help them, Lord, to recognize that they're loved and that you've done something for them that this world can never do for them.